welcome everyone. I am Lika Smith with the Pacific Islander Health Board. Um, welcoming everyone and so grateful to have this opportunity to interview, well, to, to talk with uh, Violet, the Executive Director of the Tenants Union of Washington and our own Rachel Tamjin, who is gonna be our facilitator. So welcome Violet and Rachel. Thank you for, thank you to both of you for being here. Yay. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Yes, thank you. Um, thank you, Lika and Mia, for putting this together and bringing Violet here to answer some questions for us. Um, uh, as as Lika said, my name is Rachel, I'm a member of the Pacific Islander Health Board, and we've been getting a lot of questions and concerns around evictions um, and uh, just questions around tenant and law, uh, landlord law uh, in Washington State. So we are super grateful to Violet for being here with us to answer some community questions we have. And I guess before we start getting into the questions, is there anything that you wanted to add or mention? No, I'm just happy to be here. I'm also happy that um, we have our community that we need to get information. Um, and educating them on their rights as tenants. So I'm excited to be here tonight. So thank you for being with us again. Um, and I guess for anyone who's um, joining us, uh, we are going to be starting with a list of questions that our community has sent to us. And um, we'll start with those. And as we end that list, we will start taking questions from people who are on the call. Um, so, as long as there's no objections, I think we'll get started. So, our first question for you, Violet, is um, how do you get out of a lease without being penalized or losing One of the things is a lease is a binding contract. And so, you know, it's, a, it's just like also any contract you sign up with. The only way to get out of a lease is um, under the state laws is unmade repairs or any domestic violence that are is happening in the home and the police are called. Um, there's also in order for you to break a lease, um, there's call to military action. Um, and so those are the things legally you can get out of there. Um, and so I, for one, see a lot of discrimination with people, communities of color, wanting to get out of their lease because the way the landlord treats them. And so um, we're hoping to pass laws of discrimination and um, racial discrimination against um, people of color. Thank you. Um, our next question, um, why is there a $75 increase in our rent with each lease renewal, even if our income hasn't changed? You know, one of the things is coming up a lease and tenants are now experiencing when they sign a new lease that the landlord will jack up the increase in rent. Mm -hmm. For instance, if your lease ends on April 30th and you end um, that's when you are going to start another lease. A lot of landlords will jack up the rent. Um, there's nothing illegal about that. And I, I wish there was. There are still um, advocating in the state, um, in Olympia, to stop those loopholes. 
and to say, why are you increasing every time I sign a new lease? Wow. So you could be living there for several years and then all of a sudden they decide they're going to up it. Yeah, no control. And that's the thing about um, having these, these ordinances um, where it's legal for the, the landlord to do that. I mean, you can pay rent for 500 for five years and all of a sudden a new lease will come up mm -hmm. and you see it, it's not 500 anymore, it's a thousand. And so those are the things that um, in fighting for, for rights of the tenants is that we're actually working on those kind of pieces that will help protect tenants who are renting. Yeah, thank you for looking on things like that. Um, all right, um, my next question. Is it true that landlords have a right to evict and sue renters after this eviction order is lifted? The moratorium um, ends on June the 4th, and that's um, the governor who has put a moratorium out. He extended, it, it started in March, in the middle of March, he extended it again on April to reach to June. The only way um, that the, the landlord after this, you know, unfortunately, after this moratorium, they do, if the tenant doesn't pay the rent, um, they can um, start eviction proceedings. And the thing is, we're asking the governor, even after moratorium or extend the moratorium to help the tenants because mm -hmm. even with this moratorium in place, there are a lot of tenants lose, they, they have lost their jobs, they can't pay the rent. Mm -hmm. There's also a call out um, to action to elected officials to help tenants after these moratoriums are um, expired is to help tenants with rent to pay the landlord. And there's a lot of momentum in rent strikes and they're called cancel the rent. This is us asking not to just not pay rent, but we're asking elected officials to step in and create funding to help the tenants all over the state of Washington, even our nation, to stop this because there would be a, a thousands of people being homeless because of this epidemic that we are facing right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess a clarifying question. Um, so during this moratorium, um, are renters still obligated to be paying rent to the landlords? Well, that's the thing. The The thing is, they are not, you know, um, the big thing right now is a lot of people have been laid off on their jobs. Unemployment, um, their their system is crashing. So the money isn't coming from them. Mm -hmm. Well, we're asking elected officials right now, even with that, there are a lot of thousands of um, people who haven't received their unemployment. Mm -hmm. So that puts a hardship on them because they're trying to pay their rent. Well, we're asking elected officials, and one of the things that we've seen um, is elected, you know, in our world, they have bailed out billionaires. Our ask to the elected officials is, why don't you bail out the people? There's rainy day funding in each state. We're asking the governor to create a fund so more people will not see the streets. And that's what it will come down to. 
Thank you for that push. Um, I know that after this more time is lifted that, you know, there's just so much unknown in what could happen. So, yes. Um, so for our next question, um, where can I get rental assistance? So because of the outcry of people with unemployment not getting to the people, there have been united way they're they're so overwhelmed right now resources is we're trying to get as much resources um for the people um to tie into like um even for food and things like that we're constantly sending out links that um united way was doing rental assistance we're asking the governor to step in to create a funding where all tenants have that opportunity and ability to get help right now. Because, you know, one of the things we know is the landlord still has to get his rent paid, his mortgage. What we're asking is create a funding where um, the, the, the rental assistance can help, um, you know, can help the people. Because if you can't pay your rent, if you have no income coming in, that's a hardship. And everybody's facing it right now in this epidemic. Yeah. And I guess building off of that, um, is there a the qualification for rental assistance? One of the things about seeing some of these qualifications is people being laid off on their job. At this point, everybody is qualified. Some of these services that they have put out, we want everyone, the majority of elected officials to step in their finding creative ways as we speak right now to get money to people who have lost their jobs through no fault of their own. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing we got to keep up the pressure of saying, how about the people who might become homeless, who might be evicted in the middle of this epidemic? Mm -hmm. Because we know once June, June come around, it's not just going to stop. There are still things that we have to do to protect ourselves. Um, I also wanna the numbers of the 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 cases of the COVID um, came out, and the the governor went ahead and reported it. Asian Pacific Islanders are at sixty six percent, the highest in our state right now. Um, and so this tells you something about. Um, a lot of our, our brothers and sisters in our communities are still out there working. And the thing is, they're actually getting COVID. And so you see the high numbers. Um, unfortunately, a lot of them are elderly who don't work. And so we're constantly asking, you know, pleading with elected officials because they can make a difference by helping the people. Um, so, uh, one of our next questions is, um, due to my family's work situation, we are unable to pay rent. Can I be charged late fees? At this point, what we're asking during the moratorium, um, is creating the after effect. Mm -hmm. the, and what I say the after effect is because people can't really pay. There's thousands of people right now can't pay their rent. We're asking the governor to step in the state of Washington to create, because this is not going to end on June. This is an ongoing thing that will be coming for months. And what we're asking is to help the tenants. And now each city is going in and seeing 
how can we help with funding is getting people rental assistance because this is this is not just June. This is going to be months after this moratorium. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, next question. Um, I can only pay partial rent as I'm working part time. Does the landlord have to work with me to make rent payments? You know, right now they're feeling the crunch too. I think it's good. Some some tenants have good relationships with their landlords, and so that's a good thing. You know, is saying I don't have the ability to pay, and that's another thing where we're asking is the the after effect, the long effect, the tenants feeling the crunch on this, because we know they're trying to pay as much as they can, but in this situation with this epidemic, it's not going that way. You know, unemployment is really not getting to the people as fast as they want it to be. And so a lot of things is pleading, writing letters. There is a thing where we can all write letters to the governor. All of these protections that you see in the moratorium was a, a coalition of organizations saying, please don't, um, um, please put this in your moratorium. Landlords are trying to evict tenants at this time of the epidemic. And that tells you the moral compasses of awful landlords. Why would you do that to people? They don't think of humans. They only think of profits. Yeah, unfortunately, that's what a lot of our people are going through right now. Yes. And, uh, and we're just trying to get a break and trying to make a living. Yeah. And it's really sad totally. to, to see our people go through that. Yeah. Totally. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so our next question. Um, I live in subsidized housing and the landlord continues to post paperwork on my door asking for me to prove my income. There has been calls on our hotline um, because of that. It's almost like since this epidemic has started, now the landlord there's like um, all of a sudden one of our tenants that called, a tenant called on the hotline and said, in all the years she's lived there, all of a sudden now he wants proof. How are you getting your income and things like that? The one thing I can do, I can tell you with coalitions with other advocates, there's a source of income discrimination um, law that they can't ask you where your money is coming from. Why should it be a big deal that you're on section eight? That law passed in 2016. And I think right now the, the the landlords are all gathering and are in a fear that, okay, once the tenant, um, not, you know, they don't pay the rent, it's like they're finding creative ways to, to charge them, to increase the rent, and to evict them too. Yeah. And so that's why we're asking the governor to create funding to help the tenant, to help people who are unemployed. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Um, what happens when the governor's order is lifted? Oh, sorry. Governor's order is lifted. Will people be evicted if they've received a notice? And I think right now what we're trying to do is stop that because we know um, one of the ask and everybody. I always tell everybody we can write the governor. This is the reason why they're in elected official positions, is to help the people. 
they're not, you know, um, for some reason, elected officials have lost their way where they're just not really advocating for the people. Mm -hmm. The thing is, we have to band together as a state and as a nation to reach out to them and say, how can you help? How can you bring that rainy day fund and help the people? You have bailed out so many um, billionaires and millionaires that this is human life. We're talking about thousands of people ending up on the streets. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess a follow-up question, um, if they are getting these notices, these eviction notices, what is the process that the landlord has to go through um, in order to see this through? Like, What options do tenants have to, to fight back, I guess? I can tell you right now, there's a process when you get an eviction notice. Mm -hmm. The process is they have to actually go to the courts. They have to say, um, Violet didn't pay her rent, so we want her evicted. Mm -hmm. Now, in, in the process of a court, when they get to court, they're actually going to ask you to reply to the summons that you're being um, summoned to the court. You can also um, say, okay, I can share my story. And the judges right now, the courts, I believe, Trust me, the courts are going to be overwhelmed if these landlords do this. Yeah. They won't see their day in court. And the thing is, what we're asking even landlords is to work with the tenant. Every city we're asking, please find that funding in your city to help more people so they won't get evicted. Yeah. yeah. Um, I There's a question in the comments, and um, we're going to stick on the list, but I think this really... Um, connects to what we're talking about right now is who do we contact if we are being threatened with eviction? I think we're, what we're going to do is we also will leave our hotline number and our email address. That way you guys can contact us. We always tell everybody it's a free service. Um, if you speak Samoan, I can speak with you. You know, you won't have a, you won't need a translator. But I also want to tell our community that we have translation services. So if you speak Fijian or Spanish or anything like that, we have a backup plan with um, 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 translation um, so it's easier for us to talk to them. What we want to do now is collectively um, get out there and say, yes, we need to cancel the rent. We need to cancel the mortgages. There is a constitution law that they can't freeze the mortgages. We want to change the narrative on that with elected officials to bring in elected officials to say, yeah, we're going to change some laws because of this epidemic and we're going to care for the people. Mm -hmm. And uh, what as community members, um, what is something that we can do to help push this in the government or push our elected officials to maybe take more steps to solving or addressing this issue? What I wanted to do is I wanted to put more information out to the community that we can write letters now. A lot of people think, well, my voice won't matter in the government or um, in Olympia. It does. I can tell you firsthand as a as an advocate for the people, they the letters that come in there, they have to address those. When you have a collective effort of a lot of people, of a lot of community, you cannot ignore that. Mm -hmm. Can't. Yeah. As an elected official, even if you're a bad governor or a bad, 
you cannot ignore the people. This moratorium was a lot of the outcry of advocates all over the state of Washington to say you got to protect them with these 20 day notice being served, rent increases, eviction, evictions. So a lot can be done if we just all come together and yes. just flood them with our concerns. Um, yeah. And I can speak that a little bit. I used to work for a representative in the Capitol, and sometimes we would get hundreds of emails or letters. They're all the same or similar addressing an issue. And the representative would address those issues. Yeah. You know, because hurt. that was their community. So, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. If you go in your districts, if you go in your districts, finding out who your districts is, we can also help you with that information. Just say it's Seattle. Who is your mayor? Mayor Durkin. Who lives, you know, what district do you live in? I live in District 2, Tammy Morales. That kind of information would, if you would talk to the elected official in your neighborhood, they can in turn help you to push it to the higher ups, to elected official who's above them. Because that's the thing, we have to come collectively together. I always say this, you, if you wanna make a difference, then we're gonna be in this fight together. Yes. It takes all of us, it takes all of us together to say, Governor Inslee, the community who is now most affected of the COVID-19, asking for your help. We cannot pay our rent. We cannot, we don't have food for, for money for food. We don't have this. It is through no fault of our own that this has happened. We're asking you as a governor to step in and help the people. Yes, absolutely. Yes, thank you. Um, I guess moving on to our next question. Um, what do I do if the landlord is blaming me for damages I didn't do? So I wanted also to tell you there's been a lot of, I've helped a lot of tenants get their money back. Um, Jesse Jones also has a piece on security deposit theft. It's a huge million dollar industry with the landlords to actually take your money and then charge you on top of um, taking your security deposit. The one thing I can tell you is that um, you can contact the tenant union. Uh, we're advocates who are helping tenants all over the state of Washington get their money back. Um, we go into action on helping people. Um, you know, there. I'm going to give you an example. It just happened. Um, a tenant who was on Section 8 was charged $5,000. And the landlord put it on this, this woman of color, put it on her to pay this and said that the sewers outside which they're responsible, the landlord is responsible for, that she plugged up the sewer. She only lived there one year. Yeah, this was the craziest case. This is one of my crazy cases. I remember saying to myself, you know, and hearing how he was talking to the tenant, because I'm going to tell you this, there is a lot of discrimination, racism against people of color, islanders, um, black people, um, you name it. Mm -hmm. And I remember hearing this guy speak to the tenant, and I remember inter intervening. 
And this is what I asked him. Do you speak to the, the white tenants like that? He had no answer. I said, you've been talking to this tenant um, like this for a year. She had told me how he talked to her. She just wanted me to hear him. And I remember, because I hate racist, you know, racist, land, you know, discriminatory landlords and stuff like that. And I remember fighting, standing up and fighting with this tenant to get her money back. Not only get her money back, but to to make them aware that you can't get away with this behavior at all. She did. And Ooh. to this, yeah. And it, um, Jesse Jones' piece came out. It's called Security Deposit Theft. Okay. Here's the thing. Once you move out, if you have a thousand dollars in security de um, deposit that you gave the landlord, mm -hmm. I suggest to everybody in our community, take pictures before you leave. Even if you don't leave the place in a good condition, you mm -hmm. still have to take pictures because this is what happens. Once you move out on the 30th of April, June 1st, you can count 21 days. That's the, the, the time frame the state has where the landlord has to send you a itemized list of why they're keeping your um, thousand dollars mm -hmm. and you've got to make sure you give a, a forwarding address now we've seen landlords charge people for broken windows and i'm not kidding you um taking their security and then on top of charging them more that's what i'm saying we've seen cases where um it turns into 6,000, 4,000, 3,000, just outrageous charges. And I always say to our community, take pictures, do a walkthrough and, and say, even if there's a hole or some stuff in there, you document it because those little holes in the wall have turned in now into $4,000. Not kidding. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's insane, but I want to make sure that our community yeah. hears this, that they are aware of that and what the landlords are doing, because this is a, a tactic that they use, they'll send you straight to the credit um, bureau, you know, um, mm -hmm. to report you so you can never, so you can, you have to pay that. Um, and so this is the thing that I'm always out there just saying, do mm -hmm. not always dispute the charges always dispute the charges yeah well, thank you for telling us all about that like all this foul play that goes on yes because um, like even i didn't even realize that tenants do stuff or sorry landlords do things like that yeah they do um, it's extremely helpful to know about that and definitely pass it on yeah. to like my friends who are you know moving around in apartment apartment and community but thank you for letting that out there's a question here on that's coming in and says, should mm -hmm. I take pictures before I move in? Absolutely, 100%. You take pictures to document that that big hole that you've seen when you moved in, that's not on you. And that's a tactic sometimes that the landlords will use. Even they knew that once you moved in, there was a hole already that you will, when you move out, will be responsible for that hole. Yeah. Okay. I'm telling you guys, everything that tenants have come to us and have asked us to help them. So all of these cases are crazy to me. But I've been in the, I've been in it a while now, so I know exactly 
what to do, how to help tenant, how to say, do this, so this won't happen. Mm -hmm. well, we're so, so grateful to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, I think there's another question right here. I think I'll just take it. Um, okay. uh, what happens if the landlord sends the list of charges after 21 days? Uh, do you okay. take them to court to get your security deposit back? Or? That's an amazing question. That was my next move to come in. I'm so glad everybody's on top of this. If the landlord in between the 21 days does not, and you left the forwarding address, if the landlord doesn't um, respond to you or send you an itemized list while he's holding your $1,000, you have the right to go into court, which probably will cost you $35. Some 25 courts, you know, will take that. You can go in there and get your full deposit back, your full deposit, not just part of it, the $1,000. They have a time frame now under the state law in between those 21 days to notify you, you know, so. Thank you. Okay, I think we'll head back to our list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, this one um, relates to the virus. Um, our apartment needs help with maintenance, but I'm afraid to let anyone enter without getting tested first. How do I insist the landlord get all their employees tested? You know, one of the things now, we've seen that it was rare for people to get tested. Now the community is coming out with testing and everything like that. The tenant has a right to protect themselves. During this epidemic, you know, one of the things is somebody coming in to fix some um, repairs. That can happen. They have the right to say, um, we do not want to get sick. And I think our communities are filling, um, are getting high numbers of COVID because some of these behaviors that people are doing, like coming in. And if they're sick, then that means the whole house gets sick. They have the right to say no. The thing is, get tested. I actually agree 100%. Um, if somebody said, oh, I'm coming in, if my landlord said, Oh, well, and I'm just going to come in. I actually will tell them I, I don't feel comfortable right now because um, we don't want this to spread, you know, until we get a better sense of COVID. We all don't know. It's a first time for everybody. Mm -hmm. Our nation has never seen this like this, this epidemic. Yeah. So we can say no. Yes, absolutely. You have the right to refuse. You have the right to say, I'm protecting my children. I'm protecting this, I'm protecting, you know, but if there's a water break or even a fire, we know that, um, and we have to get help, but even a water break is in the best interest because of the mold and stuff, but find creative ways for the family to be protected and from um, people coming in. Yes, absolutely. Okay, um, so the next question is a little long. Um, but if you need to repeat anything, please let me know. Um, so I've lost my job, but based on where I live in Auburn, I can't even apply for utility assistance with PSC because mine all utility is a company based in Texas. Comcast has reduced internet service for students, but I cannot apply for that either because the apartment has a contract with DirecTV and they don't have the same program for students. 
do I not have the same rights to these assistance programs since I reside in King County and have lost my job to this pandemic? That's that's a great area about the internet services. We all know that sometimes when you move into apartment building, they have one like either direct TV or Comcast and things like that. That, that for, for um, ordinances and laws and things, that's a great area. I mean, I'm, I know what he's saying. You know what I mean? I know what the tenant's saying is, I'm a student. Shouldn't I get the right to, um, you know, have those internet services? And one of the things before signing the lease is a document to say, we only have DirecTV or we only have Comcast, and it binds uh, the tenant with that. And unfortunately, I wish that we had that um, clause where it says, if I'm a student, you know, for that. Yeah. And so that's one thing that's a great area because we've gotten questions like that before too, is do we have to still pay rent to um, the college campus that we're staying on, but we're not there anymore? Absolutely not. If you're not there on the college campus, mm -hmm. you shouldn't be able to pay rent. So we're getting questions from students. Even one of my um, my friend's um, daughter had reached out to me about that too. Mm -hmm. they, they cannot collect rent on when there's no students there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and last question on our list. Um, it, this is something that you've touched on already. I think it's a really great question um, to continue talking about. Um, my lease is up in two months, but I don't want to renew my lease due to rent increases. My problem is where to move my family that would be safe without discrimination. We are also being treated differently now since COVID-19 hit, with the white neighbors and management afraid to come near us or even this. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, one of the things is the blatant racist discriminatory behaviors that these management and um, people do to people that look like us. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Sometimes they will say, well, they're just making it up. We know what we're seeing. We know what we're feeling. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is targeting innocent people because the way we look is saying, oh, I don't want to go near them because they might have COVID or and things like that. There's a system that's been set up that for people of color or low-income communities that will will oppress us, always oppress us. And this is part of it. And people ask me all the time, sometimes it shocks, you know, people when I go in to um, speak on a panel or share housing justice, people always ask me, what is the root of um, homelessness? It's discriminatory and racist behavior that has been put in place. Mm -hmm. If you look like us, you're going to be treated differently. There was interesting enough, there was a lot of racist, you know, in um, there was racist and discriminatory behavior in the city of Seattle. They actually did a study. This was years ago. The white people got the best apartments when they came in. And the people of color, people that look like us, got what they consider you know, um, not the best um, unit. Mm -hmm. um, it was hard for all of the tenants that were people of color, if you weren't white, um, to jump through hoops, to get your background checked. I mean, just 
paperwork after paperwork, the white person got a better deal and there wasn't that much hoops to jump through. And this was documented, you guys, documented. That's why I'm always like, you can't tell me any different that these aren't racist behaviors. These are discriminatory and racist. A lot of people don't really, you know, wow, that's pretty harsh. It's the truth. And you can't sugarcoat the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Just call it what it is. And... Yes. Yeah. We have to. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually missed a, a question okay. um, to your previous question. Sorry. <laughs> um, what if, so this is back to the students um, with the internet. Um, what if you are a student living in a private apartment near campus? Can they still charge movement? If you're in a private sector, just say that they're not under the, the college campus you know, um, and you're just living near and it's a private owner, you still are, um, you still are legally um, under that um, lease. Now, if it's something to do where the, the college campus have contracted the, you know, the, the apartments and things like that, that's another story. But the thing is, in private landlords, it's still a, um, you're still obligated to that, um, that lease. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so we've gone through all the questions that we had gathered previously from the community. And I think we've gone through all these in um, the comment section. Um, is there any other questions that we've, or issues that everyone would like to address? I wanted to um, have, um, if Mia can put our number up at the tenant union, um, we want to post our numbers that way tenants can call us. And if they speak Samoan, I am, even if I didn't speak Samoan, we have translation services to um, help you, you know. And so one of the things that we want to do is educate our community in some of the help that they need is directly I'm connecting them to resources that we have out there. If they don't know where to go get help, that's where we come in and to say, if you call United Way or you call Pierce County, if you're in Pierce County or if you're in Seattle, they've created funding and stuff like that. And we want to get as much information to our, our, our community as possible. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, I guess, we, I don't see any other questions, but is there anything else that you would um, like to add um, or any other issues you would like the community to be aware of that we haven't discussed or that we have discussed? I, you know, um, being a, a, a Samoan woman, you know, we know what our culture, our, our everything that we um, grew up with. There's a culture in each of us that has our culture and our people and things like this. I think one of the things is advocates like me is getting information to some of our community, to, to the majority of our community and saying, we can um, make a difference. We can go to Olympia. We can say, this is us. This is everyone. You know, um, we pay taxes. 
We have worked years in America and, and, you know, I was born in San Francisco and sometimes they ask me the question, you know, are you legally here? You know, and those kind of questions, I'm always like, well, if they're going to deport me, they're going to deport me back to California because that's where I was born. You know what I mean? Stupid questions yeah. like that. And and it's a question that every day want to know if you're 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 legally here to stay. And that's the sad thing. I think one of the things that we've seen is the bullying and the fear of our people um, not wanting to make waves and not get repairs done or just keep taking it from the landlords because they're in fear of their status. Yeah. And what we're asking elected officials that they matter, that mm -hmm. they they are people. Yeah. And the thing is, my um, for me, my voice will always to say, our community matters. Our community, just because I was born in maybe Western Samoa and stuff, doesn't mean that I don't have the right to live as a human. Mm -hmm. You know, and so yeah. um, sharing this with everyone, sharing this, becoming um, part of a, a bigger collective effort, all of us together standing up mm -hmm. and outcrying to, to people who can change these situations. They can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's talk in the, 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 the our government in Washington DC to pay people, um, create these trillions of money and they're trying to um, get people paid two thousand dollars to three thousand dollars a month, every family. That would help in everything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That would help in everything. It, it's 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 time that we band together. It's time that we all um, um, help each other you know the one thing i can say about the pacific islanders their culture is helping their neighbors you know mm -hmm. um i've had a lot of friends who are not Samoans that say man the Samoans always stuck up for me and um it was so you know and we get that you know what i'm talking about <laughs> and so you go you know and that's the thing about our culture is really um carry not only for our community for the whole community as a whole, um, no matter where you came from. Yeah. If you're black, if you're Mexican, if you're Samoan, Tongan. And I think one of the things is we're feeling the same thing, these oppressive things that they have put on us. And we want to all band together to say that's enough. Yeah. You know, discriminatory and racist behavior got to stop. As you mm -hmm. can see in our news is still happening. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. That was so beautifully put. Um, I can't agree with you more. Our, you know, our, our people face discrimination and racism every day, yeah. but we're contributing members to the society and we bring yes. a rich culture, you know, that helps build what America is. And so yes. it's really disheartening when people can't see that. Yeah, you know, we're just trying to raise our families and live yeah. lives and give our families and communities more than what we've gotten in life. So absolutely, thank you, Rachel, for saying that because you know a lot of people won't won't thank the airport worker or the people that the janitory services because they're the wheels. They are keeping the wheels going in America, and people yeah. don't want to hear that. They want to just excuse well. 
just because they clean the toilet, they don't matter. And the thing is, every person on this earth does matter. Human life matters before all of these big bailout billionaire stuff that's going on that human life should always come first, no matter where you came from. Absolutely. So that's why we're also grateful for the work that you're doing to help us. Um, and uh, thank you. Thank you so much. You. Um, I think a couple more questions came in. Yeah. That's okay. Yes. Okay. Listen, um, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> this is actually a special okay. thing for me because I want to make sure, um, you know, a little, everybody knows um, information because if you don't know, you know, without information or knowledge, there's some things mm -hmm. that you don't even know where you can get help, you know? Yeah. So mm -hmm. bring it on. More questions. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, what is considered standard wear and tear on a unit? So the thing is, um, that's actually a very good question because there's a gray area of normal wear and tear. There, I'll give you an example. A family was living in their unit for 15 years, but when they moved in, they had asked the landlord over and over to, you know, uh, replaced the rug. It was, they were even getting sick. This case was kind of crazy because the kids were getting sick because you know that if the rug is old and there's things in there, people can inhale that stuff and get sick. I remember reaching out to the landlord and he's saying to me, well, no, I don't want to replace the rug. And I thought, because every seven to 10 years, they got to replace things. And if the tenant moves in, they can't just let the tenant move in if it's not moving ready. We've seen landlords just let them move in. There's work to be done. I always tell tenants this, even though there's sometimes the tenants are desperate, they always tell me we were so desperate we moved in. It will make your life harder. And I think one of the things that we see under normal wear and tear is not moving in a place where there's already work to be done because you will be charged for it. Normal wear and tear in the law is um, is actually trying to leave the place as you got it. And what they deem is, and sometimes landlord will say, well, they didn't give it to me super clean. Well, that's under the normal wear and tear. That's why I always say take pictures. Tenants um, have lost thousands of dollars of money because they don't take pictures. They don't document it. And we want to make sure that everybody documents that that big hole that he created because landlords have been creative taking pictures of of uh, broken stuff and it wasn't even in the unit. So under the normal wear and tear law, that's how they get more money out of the tenants. And we're asking take pictures, document everything, do a walkthrough before and after. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, let's see, I just saw it. Um, if I have lived in an apartment complex for five years or even 10 years, can I be charged for full carpet replacement? That's the thing under the normal tariff and um, laws, you can dispute that. 
you can totally dispute that. And I'll tell you why it's good to dispute that, because even the courts will know, how do you change the whole rug? Um, all of a sudden, you're doing um, repairs that is the, the landlord is responsible for. We've seen so many people say, he char he's charging me $5,000 to replace the rug or paint the whole unit. That's the thing. Under normal wear and tear, we've got to change the loopholes. And that's what we're doing, trying to change the language of that to say, no, you can't charge the tenant, you know, um, $3,000 to replace that carpet and stuff. No, they, you don't have the right to have them repaint the whole um, unit. Okay. Thank you, Violet. So something happened with Rachel's computer, so I'm back. Hello. Um, <laughs> technical difficulties, I love it. <laughs> but uh, I, I can't thank you enough for this. This has been really informative, and I hope seeing you helps our Pacific Islanders feel more at home and that they can start fighting for themselves, knowing that yeah. they have you as an advocate, and us too. So Mia yes. did put uh, the Tenants Union website mm. on there and your phone number. So I think everyone knows you now. Well, I just saw Sili Sabusa um, yes. join in the talk. I'm going to tell you about Sili Sabusa. Uh-oh. <laughs> she is a huge reason why I'm advocating. I've admired this, and she's related to me, too. I have to tell you that. Um, I love this woman because she's the reason why I'm advocating harder. Um, she's been a good role model to me and I'm happy to everything that I've learned from Sibi, I'm paying it forward to our community and to people um, all over the state of Washington who needs our help. Everybody loves Sibi. It's also Mia's other boss. Really? Yeah, Mia. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hi, Celie. Hi, Celie. See you on Monday. <laughs> See you tomorrow, Celie. I work no. But uh, is yeah. there anything else you would like to add and let the community know? I just want us to, um, I'm going to, as much as they ask me for resources and stuff, I need all of us to band together to get more resources to our community. Hello, Rachel. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> I I've was wondering where you, you went. <laughs> but I am excited to work with our community. I think Celia has always said that to um, everyone. And like I said, she's a huge reason why I have, I'm an advocate like this. I want to see um, us dismantle racism and um, discriminatory behaviors. You know, we might, it's still going on to this day, but having conversations and, you know, letting people know that that is not right. And I think if we don't talk about it, um, you know, um, we just put it under the rug. And the thing is, everybody says, why is it important? Because it's the behavior of why it oppresses us to get higher rent, to get deplorable conditions. And, you know, scared of your status to say, I'm not going to ask them to fix that um, because they might report me to ISIS. I mean, I went I went toe to toe with the, the landlord who told this family, um, I'm going to call ISIS on you. You got to pay $700 more. 
I remember, listen, I promised him I will be out there protesting in the front of his house. And, and those are the kind of things that fire me up about this um, racist, discriminatory behaviors. It ties all into our community. You know, um, you're right, Rachel. Yeah, you're right, Rachel. Everybody just wants to live a life where we're caring for our neighbors, we're living our life, raising our children, um, loving on our families. And I think that's, I don't think that's much to ask, you know. Right, so, everyone has. Yes, it's the same dream we all have, you know. And because our island communities are so small in numbers, it's great to see you as a leader, you know, so we can come together because we may be small, but we are mighty and strong. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And, you know, I want to say to everybody who speaks Samoan, um, fafetai, fafetai lava. You know, I'm, um, I'm not going to break down and cry because um, I'm feeling a stirring right now, just loving our community, loving yeah. our families, loving our culture, loving what we grew up with, the Fasamoa way, you know. And so all of yes. our island nations share that that spirit of Alofa. Yes. So, yes. Have that in common. Yes. Uh, yes. we're gonna put up a, a resource picture with you guys. Go ahead and take me out. So they can have more resources. Yes. Yes, thank you so much. And on our website, we're gonna put more resources. Um, I'm gonna send this out to you, um, Mia and um, Lika, um, to everybody to get these King County resources, whatever neighborhoods you're in, getting the cities what, what funding they have to get it to the people. And so that's how we can collectively work together, you know? And so one thing I want to um, I want to put out there, um, I also do census um, work. Yep, yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah. <laughs> so let me tell you, um, I I want everybody to be counted, and the reason why is I want everybody to be counted because we can get more resources to the people, more things for the people, better housing and stuff like that. A lot of people Holy. don't know that. So uh. the census is very very important. They don't ask for your status or your background or anything. You just got to tell them that you are living in this place. And I'm always, you know, one of the things that was a big indicator, what are you going to do to the people if they tell you the status? And there was long conversations and we're glad that that doesn't matter. But you matter. Everybody in our community matters. So please fill out the census. And if you don't know how to fill out the census, you call me, I will help you. <laughs> yeah, call, call the health board too, we'll help. And yes, also, and help. remember your college students that live away from home have to fill out their own census. Yes. So, a lot of Tell parents, because yeah. I forgot. So, all right. Um, Rachel, I'm gonna go ahead and let you close out. All right, Um, Thank you, Violet, so much uh, for being on with us today answer some like critical questions and addressing concerns that our community has um this was just so helpful um so much that i didn't know 
I'm sure a lot of our community doesn't know. And yeah. so now we can take that and spread wealth um, and hopefully we can help people deal with this issue. Um, uh, so yes, thank you so, so much. And um, yeah, if there's anything that you think that the PI Health Board can do to help, um, that would just please let us know. Um, we're always, yes. we're just a, a board full of amazing advocates. We just want the best for our people and just like you. Um, so if there's any way we can, you know, combine forces or work together, uh, we would love to. I will take you up on that offer. I'm going to send to you guys everything that our community is sending out information, how we can band together. There's an organ, you know, there's a campaign right now. It says cancel the rent and cancel the mortgages. We're asking elected officials. We are in this together because we want our ultimate goal is that nobody becomes homeless through this epidemic. Well, um, thank you for, to you again. Um, and thank you for everyone who joined us today. Please um, yes. reach out to us. Um, you have emails, you have our websites. Um, ask us, ask us any questions. Um, we're more than willing to help. We're here as a resource for everyone. Um, so um, with that, uh, thank you everyone. And I hope that you guys all have a great rest of your evening and rest of your week. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Aloha too. And Faktai Lava. Faktai Lava. I'm out. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs>